0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Cold Talk Wrestling. I'm your host Cole Martins, and thank you guys for joining me here today. For the latest information on the show, you can follow me on Twitter at Cold Talk. That is C O L E D T A L K. On there, you can message me questions or topics I you hear on the show. You can even tweet with me during the events. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe and/or follow button to get alerts when the newest episodes are released. And I'd like to thank my brother Landon Martins for the amazing artwork on the page. See some more of his work, you can visit his Instagram at MrFancyLand. That is M R F A at N C Y L A N. Coming up on today's episode, we will talk about the WWE pay per view TLC, kind of get my reactions from the show and my thoughts on each one of the matches. Uh, overall, last night's pay per view it had its good moments and it had its not so good moments, in my opinion. The pay-per-view started off very, very well. I liked the way that everything was going at the beginning, but as the show kind of went on, it got less and less interesting. The main event, I thought, was a very good one. It was very entertaining. But overall, it was an above-average pay-per-view. I would say they, again, had its moments, did not have its moments. But the match that did end the night very well was the Women's Tag Team Championships match. The main event, as the Kubuki Warriors the champions were able to retain the titles by defeating Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. A uh, very entertaining match. A match that had a lot of back and forth action. And a lot of weapons used as well. This was also a tables, ladders and chairs match I should mention. Uh, so the weapons of course used were those three as well. We got to see fire extinguishers. We got to see a rope be used. Uh, we also got to see a Kindle Stick as well. So a little bit of everything in this match. Uh, like I mentioned before. A great back and forth match. Uh, pretty much started off with Flair and Lynch taking control of this one, having a pretty good, uh, working work, good as a team. Uh, that's another thing as well. They did this throughout the whole match. They did not argue at all. They both had their eyes set on the Buki Warriors and pretty much taking them out for everything that's happened through the past couple weeks against these two women. Uh, then the things that get changed around is Kairi uh, Sane and uh, Asuka were able to use chairs to their advantage and drop one into Charlotte's face, which was very interesting. Um, to, that gave them control a little bit. Uh, then they tried to, kind of to climb the ladder, uh, then all of a sudden Lynch and Charlotte would take control again, which then allow Sane to throw a little bit of a hissy fit and try to throw chairs, which was kind of the funny moment of the match, because while Sane was trying to throw chairs in the ring, she couldn't actually get him in the ring, even one chair bounced off and hit her in the face, which was pretty entertaining, and then she ended up falling over the, the uh, top of one of the tables at one point as well. But overall, this match kept on getting better and better as it went on. It was very hard hitting throughout it. Uh, a little bit later on, we got to see Becky Lynch get tied up to the ladder as Asuka used the rope, which then uh, had Charlotte Flair taking on a 2 and one at this point. She would finally get control as she got a candlestick and started hitting Asuka with the insane as they were trying to climb the ladder. Finally, she would untie Becky Lynch, which would later on shoot to be hitting a senton on Asuka, putting her through a table, Flair then also used her power to powerbomb Kyrie Zane through a table and the, at the ringside. As things kept on continuing to go back and forth between these two, uh, Charlotte was the next one to go through the table. She took a powerbomb from the second rope, which pretty that knocked her out of the match, which then allowed Oscar and Lynch to fight inside the fight on the ladder uh, at the, in the ring, which then allow. Uh, Lynch should take advantage, but when she was trying to climb the ladder, Oscar would grab that rope that was tied to the ladder from earlier in the match, pull the ladder over, have Lynch fall off the ladder and hit the ropes and roll out, which allowed Oscar to climb the ladder and pick up the victory. Uh, throughout this match, it was, again, like I mentioned, very good back and forth match. A lot of crazy things happening. A lot of people going through tables. Uh, it was very interesting. A great job by these women in this TLC match. Uh, very deserving to be in the main event spot. And it also builds up the rivalry between these two as well as this, as we get into the Royal Rumble, which is the next pay-per-view. As I'm going to be guessing, we'll be seeing Becky Lynch versus Asuka for the second year in a row in that pay-per-view. Of course, we know last year Asuka winning that match, which was for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I, was at, I believe it was for the SmackDown Women's Championship at the time where she would beat Becky Lynch. But later on the night, Becky Lynch would enter the Royal Rumble and win that, which she would be taking on. Becky Lynch at WrestleMania and Charlotte Flair as well. So we'll see how that rematch is going to go. We'll see if Zayn and Flair get into something at all. But I kind of highly doubt that's going to be a match at Royal Rumble. But it'll be interesting to see how this Asuka Lynch rivalry can continue going into the Royal Rumble. But overall, this match, very good one to end the night. Uh, there is something that happened after this match, which we'll go over here a little bit later. But in this one, the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka, and Kyrie Zane retain the women's tag team championships um next was the interesting part of the night you could say as Bray Wyatt ended up defeating the Miz via pinfall in a non-title match of course if you don't know Bray Wyatt is the universal champion and it was something this whole entire match because it was just filled with question marks especially coming into it we knew it was just the regular Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt that was facing this match. So the question was, is he going to be like the Fiend? was he going to be invincible like him? Is he going to act like him? What is he going to be like in the ring? And we got some of those answers right off the bat because we seen Bray Wyatt enter to the Firefly Funhouse theme song, smiling as big as he possibly could, waving to the crowd, talking to the crowd, and he was... Doing what the crowd asked him to do. As he was entering the ring. He held the title up. The crowd went crazy. He acted like he was going to go back in the ring. He called the title back up. once again the crowd just got louder and louder. As he did it about three or four times. Finally, I think Miz got sick of it. And started just beating the living crap out of him in the corner. And that whole time we just seen Bray Wyatt smiling. And this continued through the entire match. Bray Wyatt did not attack at all. Pretty much through the entire match. He just took a beating from the Miz. And just started smiling from it. And the one part that was interesting out of it all was when the Miz put him in a submission hold, uh, bending his arm back, and Bray was asking him to do it. Just do it. Do it. Do it. And finally he did, and it looked like he may have dislocated Bray Wyatt's arm. That's why we seen Bray Wyatt going outside laughing and then slamming his shoulder against the barricade, looking like he's he trying, was trying to fix his shoulder. Finally, we had a little bit more going on outside the ring, and finally we seen Bray Wyatt snap. And we've seen the dark side of Bray Wyatt as he hit a Sister Abigail off the barricade and then uh, went into the ring. Then we seen the Miz go back in and then we'd see Bray Wyatt hit a Sister Abigail once again and pick up the victory in the match. Now the interesting part happened after the match, which was when The Fiend appeared on the Titan Tron as he was just looking at Bray Wyatt. Uh, they just looked at each other for about 15 seconds. Finally, I oh, was like, Okay, all right, fine, I'll do it. So he went out of the ring and pulled that giant mallet that we seen, I believe, it was a couple months ago. And it was, looked like he was going to end up hitting the Miz with it. Then finally, a savior came out of nowhere, and it was Daniel Bryant who showed up with a new haircut and his beard shaved, uh, short hair as well. So back to what he looked like at the beginning of the decade when uh, he was the old Daniel Bryan, which is what people are calling him right now, as he came in and faced against Dan, uh, Bray Wyatt, beat him up throughout the ring, and actually took him out. Then we saw Daniel Bryan pick up that mallet and went to go look like swing at him. The lights would go out, the lights would come back on, and Bray Wyatt was missing. But he got the yes chance from the crowd that everybody was excited to see Daniel Bryan back and back to his old look, I guess you could say. And now it will be exciting to see what this is going to mean for Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan here coming up to the Royal Rumble. But the way, the match, it was, I didn't know how I felt about it when I first watched it. I kept on looking at it, I'm like, did I like this or did I not like this? It was interesting. It was one of those moments like, yes, it wasn't really a match. It was more of a thing to help build up the storyline. That's all this was for. So I think that's the reason why I would say I liked it. I think it worked out very well. It made it a little bit more interesting with the Bray Wyatt character. Especially since we've didn't we seen both The Fiend and Bray Wyatt at the exact same time on TV. So it makes it look like it's two different people. So that's what I was kind of hoping that what they would do. Don't make these look like the exact same people. Make them look like they're completely different. They aren't the same person as what WWE did. And I love that. That was exactly what I was asking for. And then Daniel Bryan making his comeback. Bringing back his old look. And looking strong against Bray Wyatt, I think, it was a key thing. I think that's going to be great. And it'll now be interesting to see how The Miz and Daniel Bryan will be with each other now. Are they going to become friends? That's something we'll have to find out here. Probably coming up on SmackDown this Friday. But I like the whole angle hall went. I thought this went very well. Again, this wasn't the, the focus to this should not have been the match. Yes, the match was just pretty much one-sided until the very end when Bray Wyatt decided to finally click. But... If you look, though, after overall, after the match, that was what we needed to see. That was absolutely done perfectly, in my opinion. I thought that worked out very well. And I'm happy with the way WWE uh, did that post-match segment. Post-match segment, excuse me. And I'm pretty excited to see what's going to happen here in the next couple weeks now. As we'll see what goes on between Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt. And see maybe what part the Miz will play in this as well. Up next, we have the SmackDown Tag Team Championships were on the line, and this is what began the night as the New Day defended and retained their championships against the Revival in a ladder match, and this was a absolutely fantastic match. It was a great match to start off the night. The crowd was into it, and they were loving it, as there was the ladders are used early and often in this match as the start off with Dawson and Wilder of uh, the Revival, grabbing a ladder. Kofi Kingston doing what Kofi Kingston did usually does in these kind of matches and did some amazing stuff. Uh, and the in the match, they were, the Revival were trying to use a ladder on Kofi. Kofi would actually jump over top of the ladder and in the ring, go off the ropes and jump over and use the ladder and hit both of the guys, knocking all out, which was a very awesome spot to see. And the crowd went crazy when they seen that, chanting Kofi's name, which was a very popular thing in this match. Is I think about seven or eight times they had Kofi chants going which looks good for Kofi because it's building up his momentum once again. It seemed like after he lost that WWE Championship his momentum was just going to die. But it is starting to build up once again. Which who knows could possibly lead to another World Championship match in the future for him. But uh, later on in the match we kept on going as Big E took some pretty big bumps in this one as well. As he would end up taking a Shattered Machine off the top of the ladder. Which took him out of the match for a little bit. And then a little bit later on, Big E would get soup flexed onto the ladder. Actually, just pretty much the shoulder hit, which bent the ladder, which then the rival put him back on. And then we see Wilder jump off the top rope and splash Big E, finally breaking that ladder, which took him out for a little while. And then we went to the end of the match, where we seen Kofi Kingston getting hung in the ladder by his legs. We looked like the rival were going to win the match. But then we had Big E come out of nowhere, grab one of the rival members. I believe it was Dawson. Oh, excuse me, it was uh, Wilder who he would hit the big ending off the top of the ladder onto the canvas, taking him out, leaving Dawson versus Kofi Kingston. They would fight on the top of the ladder for a little bit until Kofi Kingston grabbed the titles and smashed it against Dawson's head. And actually he ended up falling on top of that broken ladder. And then Kofi was the last man standing, which he would grab the titles and retain the championships. Again, excellent match, very exciting moments throughout the match. It was One of the best ladder matches I've seen in a while. I thought it was a very good job by both of these teams. Like I mentioned, two of the best, I think two of the best steady teams, if the two best steady teams on WWE right now, as they put on one hell of a match to begin the night and got the crowd going too big in the night, which led to the next match on the night, which was Aleister Black taking on Buddy Murphy. Black picking up the win in this one in a very hard-hitting contest. Uh, Picked up. At the, right at the beginning of the match, these guys would go back and forth as Murphy would actually take advantage at the beginning as he was able to hit Black in the jaw a couple times, some big knee strikes, which actually you could see throughout the match that Black was checking his jaw quite a few times. Uh, then at one point, we seen blood coming out of Black's nose, which I believe would, had have been a broken nose. That thing was bleeding pretty badly. Uh, then we had a back-and-forth exchange back again between these two uh, then Murphy would turn it back around as he trapped Alistair Black's head against the top turnbuckle and left about four or five super kicks to the head before dropping a power bomb on him, and trying to get the win that way, but could not do it. And then these two would uh, go into a little bit of exchange back and forth, which then lead finally Alistair to hit the Black Mass pretty much out of nowhere to pick up the victory in this match. Very, very good match. It's just... Just as good as the SmackDown Tag Team Titles match, I think those are the two absolutely great matches to start off the night. Even though I think this one should have been a little bit later on in the card, because when you put two great matches like this back to back, it kind of might kill the crowd, which is what what is actually like for this match, which was very surprising. The crowd really never got into this match, which I kind of feel bad about because this was a very good match. I just think the crowd was just so got so hyped from that ladder match that going to just a straight up singles match, I think kind of kill momentum for these two maybe and the for the crowd but either way whatever the crowd sounded like I didn't really care about that because this was a hard-hitting excellent match between these two very happy with the way this went and now this builds up more momentum for Aleister Black heading into the Royal Rumble which I think if any young superstar should win that match it should be Aleister Black because if you look at the raw roster and who can possibly face Brock Lesnar Aleister Black probably has the best odds of being the one who could beat him. He's this mysterious character. He We know he knows MMA. Uh, he's a popular character to the fans. and A match between Brock Lesnar and Aleister Black at WrestleMania would be absolutely fantastic. I would love to see that match at WrestleMania. I don't think that would be a boring match at all. I think that could be an exciting match between these two. And one that could go at least maybe 10 to 15 minutes, because I think a lot of interesting things could happen in that match. Even though Brock Lesnar matches are usually pretty short, but I think that would be a great one. I think this is a good step up for Aleister Black to build up on the crowd, and I think Royal Rumble could be a good chance for him to shine and possibly even take a win at the Royal Rumble, because I think they need to find someone to take on Brock Lesnar. We know we I hope it won't be Roman Reigns once again, because I've heard some rumors about having Roman Reigns win the. Royal Rumble and have him face Brock Lesnar again, which I think the crowd would go absolutely insane about because uh, in a bad way because we do not want to see that match once again. But Aleister Black picks up a very big win in this one against Buddy Murphy and continues to build his momentum as he remains undefeated since being drafted to Monday Night Raw. Up next, we had King Corbin taking on Roman Reigns in a tables, letters, and chairs match. King Corbin would actually surprisingly pick up the win in this one. Um, a couple, I, I had some issues with this match to start off with anyways, and the first one was because this was a TLC match. Uh, The reason why I've been upset with this is because there was, this wasn't a title match. I mean, to have a TLC match, I feel like you should have a belt hanging over the ring. That was the main reason why the TLC match began, was pretty much for a title match. When you don't have a title involved into it, it kind of just seems pointless to me to have that kind of match, it's just a tables and chairs match because what's the point of having a ladder? And that's what happened in this match. There's really no ladder really used in this match at all. But in this one, it was a, another back and forth match. Uh, Corbin took advantage of it a couple of times as he was able to hit a deep six early in the match and then used a chariot to beat up on Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns would finally get advantage back after hitting a superman punch. He guys would go outside the ring and then fight out there for a little while where we'd see the dog food come into play once again as King Corbin hit Roman with a can of dog food, then uh choke slam reigns through a table. Uh then later on we would see uh King Corbin go through a table as well as he was Samoa dropped oh, excuse me on top of the table. And then the thing that we should have expected out of this match, and the thing I don't know why I didn't really think about this beforehand, I knew one was gonna interview him that was Dolph Ziggler. He came to the ring and super kicked Roman Reigns as he was disguised at ringside as then Ziggler and Corbin would try to take out Roman Reigns is used try to get the handcuffs in once again. But then we see Roman Reigns hit to get a kindo stick and start beating the crap out of Corbin, Ziggler, and all of Corbin's security team that was out there. And then more odds went against him as Revival ended up coming out and laying him out. Then Roman Reigns finally took advantage of Revival and Corbin after jumping over the top rope, diving outside the ring and taking out everybody at ringside. But then while Roman Reigns is about to hit his finisher... Ziggro would hit him with a steel chair in the head and then hit the zigzag. Then we would have the Revival hit the Shatter Machine. And then Corbin would finish it off with the End of Days on a steel chair to pick up the win. But the night did not end between those two there as we were seeing a little bit of a segment from the Street Profits talking about the night. We seen them fighting backstage after the match as they continue their brawl as we've seen a bunch of other superstars superstars joining on the brawl. And then after, and this is the thing that I was really shocked about, as soon as Asuka grabbed the women's titles off the top of the ladder and was holding them up, they just completely ignored them winning the match and went straight to Roman Reigns and King Corbin fighting into the crowd with about 15 or 20 other superstars following behind them. Uh, we'd see them go on top of the stage and would see Roman Reigns spear Corbin into that big crowd, taking everybody out in the show, would just end instantly after that, which would have so many weird things going on to end that pay-per-view, which I disagree with completely. One, you just had a great main event match that you had Asuka winning, sitting on top of the ladder, holding up the belts, and you just completely ignore that. Now, I was listening to some people reading some stuff on Facebook last night and going to some other for some things, and I'd never thought about this when they did it, but... I could see why some people could have some issues with this because of it's kind of taking away that you didn't want to end the last pay per view of the decade with a woman. You and men, a lot of people were thinking of it that way. I didn't think of it that way at all. I think it's just they're trying to continue on with the King Corbin Roman Reigns thing. But I could see why people are thinking that. Uh, Either way, I think it was a, just a bad app by WWE just because that was an excellent match by Asuka, Kyrie, Zayn, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair. And to not show the winner celebrating on top of the ladder and just going straight to something else that was going on, I think was a little bit of a disrespect to them in the main event match as a whole. So, eh, on that one. the Overall, the match between King Corbin and Roman Reigns, again, I think it was just about an average match. I did not like the TLC stipulation to it. The reason why they did that is just so the revival and Dolph Ziggler and all that security can get involved without Roman Reigns getting, uh, excuse me, King Corbin getting disqualified. So we know that rivalry is going to continue going on into Royal Rumble. you will be able to see how that's going to play into the Royal Rumble. If they're going to have a match the Royal Rumble, then we'll see both these guys in the Royal Rumble match. Uh, what's going to go on with that? If maybe Roman Reigns will get some people together with him, probably uh, Shorty G and Ali and. Uh, Some other people as well to help him out face these guys once again. But again, we'll have to see what's going on. But wasn't too fond of the whole King Corbin-Roman Reigns match and what happened at the end of the show. Speaking of some other rivalries going on in the night, we had Bobby Lashley and Rusev finally going one-on-one in a tables match. Bobby Lashley picked up the win in this one. Again, another match that I had some high hopes on, but did not fully deliver uh, it was, It had, again, had its moments, and we'd seen Lana get involved in this match like we well, have expected a lot. Pulling tables out of the ring, distracting Rusev, doing stuff like that. Uh, quite a few times, they kind of glimpsed at them going through the table back and forth. Uh, of course, like every other table match that, like, does that. Uh, the key thing that happened in this match pretty much was that Rusev, who looked like he is about to have advantage and be able to pick up the win... We would finally see Lana distract him by jumping on his back and raking his eyes. We would see Bobby Lashley try to spear Rusev through the table, but somehow the table did not break. So we had to pick up Rusev once again and two-flex him through the table on the other side of the ring and finally pick up the win that way. So Bobby Lashley pick up the win in this one. Uh, Hard-hitting match between these two as well as they use quite a few weapons. We've seen steel uh, steel steps be used as we've seen Rusev pick that up and hit Lashley with it. Lashley walking, uh, excuse me, Rusev walking away from the whole arena, going outside of the side of the stage and grabbing a barricade and ramming it into Bobby Lashley's body. I haven't seen a barricade, like an actual steel barricade in a while at a WWE event, so that was pretty unique to see that. And then we've seen Lashley grab the candlestick stick and start whacking Rusev with that earlier in the match. Um, we even seen Rusev begging at Lana and seeing Lana laughing at him at that point when he was getting hit by the Kindle stick. Finally, Rusev got angry and got that whole thing fired up until Lana interfered and cost him the match. But in a way, I thought Rusev should have won this match just so we could see this rivalry end. But now that we've seen Bobby Lashley win this, we know it's not over. And I've kind of thought about this before the pay-per-view, view, and I'm like, well, they're really not going to end this rivalry until we see Bobby Lashley and Lana get married, and they said they're going to do that as soon as divorce is final. So I'm going to guess probably... A week or two before the Royal Rumble, the divorce will be official. We'll see these two get married. And then I feel like something's going to happen at the Royal Rumble or before the Royal Rumble, which Lana and Lash are going to get into some big argument and end up breaking these two up and finally maybe ending the rivalry once for all. Because I know a lot of us don't want to see the same thing going on more and more each week on Raw. It seems like they... Kind of got through the whole divorce thing now. We'll see what it leads to now these next couple of weeks and see if they kind of continue with the divorce thing. But we know we'll be seeing this rivalry for at least a little bit longer and we'll see what happens with it. Up next, we have the Raw Tag Team Championships on the line as the Viking Raiders opened had an open challenge for anybody in the locker room to come challenge them for the titles. The team that came out was the OC. Now, I was kind of disappointed because of this uh, point of this just because I was hoping for like a surprise entry like maybe the Usos because they haven't been on TV in forever. It'd be great to see them back. I think they should go to SmackDown instead of Raw anyways, but um, maybe the Hardy Boys, but with what's going on Jeff Hardy, we know we're not going to see that for a little bit. Of... And so the ACK- OC came out, which I guess was okay because, of course, they, have, they did win the best tag team in the world at Crown Jewel so I can understand why they would be the one to come challenge the Viking Raiders in a match. And it was a it was a hard-hitting match between the two It went back and forth. It, was a, it had its entertaining moments. Uh, nothing too special in the match, which that's the thing to kind of kill a little bit. Nothing too interesting. The interesting part was that this whole match was pretty much sponsored by KFC, and they had a family sitting on the side of the, of the ring with a, K, a big KFC logo and a bunch of food on it. And then you heard the announcers come by and mentioning, oh, KFC this, KFC that. I was like, all right, need to back off on the sponsorship a little bit here. But the match ended up ending with all four guys pretty much fighting outside the ring. And we've seen, uh, I believe it was uh, Ivar diving outside of the ring and uh, taking out everybody. And that would end to a double countout, which would lead to... Both teams, of course, losing and the Viking Raiders retaining the championship, which I, I guess works out good because it finally sets up a rivalry for the Viking Raiders. This is their first pretty much rival on the main roster since joining the main roster. Mostly that's because we've seen the revi- uh, Excuse me, the Viking Raiders just facing a bunch of nobodies. Most, I think probably like 75% of the matches are like a bunch of nobodies. So finally, they're going to be able to have some competition against a regular team on the roster. I think this could start to be a good rivalry between these two. I think the OC, they are a good tag team. They just feel like they don't get enough benefit out of the doubt or just don't get enough credibility for what they do. But I think this could be an interesting rivalry. This will go into Royal Rumble, and I think this will probably be the match at Royal Rumble is between these two, and we'll see how that goes as the next couple weeks go on. And the final match we'll talk about on the night, which was on the pre-show, was Humberto Carrello taking on Andrade, which Humberto would pick up the win in this one. So winning on Monday Night Raw earlier in the week and now winning on the pay-per-view. This was a very good match for the pre-show. Usually in the pre-show, we don't see the best matches, but this one was very good. Both these guys, of course, quick movers in the ring and they can do some pretty cool stuff as well. Uh, We've seen a lot going on in this match. Uh, pretty much the main point that happened this one as Andrade, we almost seen the same thing that happened on Monday night where Selena was trying to distract and Andrade almost ran into her, which had Carrello, uh, getting a, trying to get the pinfall, which did not work this time. Uh, Herberto would then hit a reverse her her Corana from the second rope, then come with a massive move saw to actually pick up the win in this one clean this time. So this led to Andrade, of course, being unhappy once again. We've seen Selena Vega get in the ring. He'd pull Selena Vega off him and kind of walk away. So he's just ignoring Vega at this point. And I'm really hoping that he doesn't do this and separate these two. Because if Andrade doesn't have Vega, I feel like his character is going to fall apart. Because he ain't the best speaker. And I, again, I mentioned this on the last show uh, on my last Tuesday on my Raw show. I really hope they don't have Andre Andrade work with Charlotte Flair because they're a couple. And then you've seen Vla- Vega work with Alistair Black. I do not want to see that. I don't want to see the couples together. These two work very well with each other. Somehow, I hope they make sure that these two can fix this little thing they have going on and stay with each other. Besides that point, though, this was a very good match. I was very happy to see this in the pre-show because usually I don't watch pre-show matches. But I was excited for this match. and wanted to watch it. This one worked out very well. Uh, good show by both these guys to start off. And pretty much this sh- TLC pay-per-view started off with three very good matches. And I think that got the crowd very into the pay-per-view. And then as other matches started to go on, it just kind of started to die down. Like main event, I think, picked things up a little bit and helped out for the crowd. But, uh, again, I thought this was above average pay-per-view. I thought it worked out pretty well. Like a, We'll say like a C plus B- minus pay-per-view. Uh Maybe B, like a B overall pay-per-view, but uh, the beginning of the pay-per-view worked out very well, worked really good. I got the crowd into it. I mean, yes, they're a little dead during the Aleister Black match because it was a regular match after a ladder match that was very exciting, but those three matches I think were a great start, showing off to be a pay-per-view like I expected to be. Yes, there was no single titles in this pay-per-view, I think, that turned a lot of people off from the pay-per-view, but the matches on the card looked like they could be very interesting matches and it got me interested into it. But all eight matches in this pay per view, uh, I believe about five of them were pretty good matches. I thought they were very exciting. Then you had the other ones that were just like, eh, all right. Pretty much the Raw Tag Team Championships would be one of them. The Rusev uh, Bobby Lashley match, another, and then having the Ring uh, King Corbin and Roman Reigns match. I thought that was it was above average that one. But those three matches kind of did not. Meet the expectations i was hoping but the other five i thought they did a pretty good job with it i think that's what helped this pay-per-view and kept it at least floating it in the fans minds and keeping it a good one to watch and keep an eye on and i was happy with the way it all went out uh but that is how the decade ended the 2019 year and how the decade is going to end for the wwe in their pay-per-views uh ending off very well and keeping the crowd again interested throughout somewhat of the pay-per-view in the middle of course it dying but overall, I would say that we'll give it a we'll give it a B minus pay per view. I thought it worked out well. It again had, had its moments, but then at other times it kind of died down. But that is all we got to talk about for this pay per view. Next pay per view, we're looking forward to it will be in January, and that is the Royal Rumble. Personally, my favorite pay per view to watch. I am very excited for it. Uh, always a very exciting time to watch because. You never know who's going to win the Royal Rumble, I feel like. we, You kind of have an idea who could win it. But until we get to that Final Four, you really can't completely grip grip on who's going to win this match. Uh, we, I'm excited to see what's going to happen, especially what's going to be build up, especially starting WrestleMania season once again. So can't wait for that pay-per-view and can't wait to start talking about that one. But that is all i got to talk with you guys about in today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in with me. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Cold Talk. That is at C-O-L-E-D-T-A-L-K. On there you can message me questions or topics i would like to hear on the show and even tweet with me during the events. I'd love to hear what you guys had to say. Also, a reminder: this was a special episode that I do after pay-per-views on Mondays, but make sure you keep an eye on my Monday. Uh, Raw review on Tuesdays My NXT and AEW review On thir- uh, Fridays And my Smackdown review-, review On Saturdays Also keep an eye on my sports podcast That airs on Tuesdays And my NFL podcast that airs on Wednesdays Also hit the subscribe and or follow button To get alerts when the newest episodes Are released Once again I like thank you guys for joining me here today I'm your host Cole Martins And you guys all have a great day